This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special Royal Blue Podcast, which is looking back to one of the most dramatic, quite incredible afternoons in Everton's long history, 25 years ago today. Uh, It was May the 7th, 1994, and the unthinkable looked like it could happen. Everton was stirring down the abyss. Uh, They played Wimbledon at Goodison Park, and they knew this victory, even victory, might not have been enough uh, to save Everton's cherished Premier League status. Now, I'm sure you all know know, what happened that afternoon. Uh, It's there on YouTube. Uh, Plenty of you are old enough to have remembered it. Uh, But there's also a lot of detail in the background, which people may not be aware of, uh, that we're going to bring you today. Uh, we're going to speak to the uh, the prime individuals who were, were involved that afternoon. Uh, Graeme Stewart, of course, who you know didn't just score a couple of the goals. Uh, he also smuggled one off the goal line and was very, very heavily involved. Barry Horn, who scored one of the most incredible volleys uh, I think Goodison has ever celebrated. And Ian Snowden, who had been a title winner only... Seven years previously, and yet on this afternoon, found himself you know, sort of on the brink of the unthinkable. So for those who, are, who don't remember, a little bit of background. Um, Howard Kendall had resigned as Everton manager on December the 4th after a 1-0 win over Southampton. The Blues were 11th on the table at the time. Howard had resigned because um, he didn't feel that the board were backing him sufficiently. He wanted to sign Dion Dublin, uh, realised that the funds were available, but the board wouldn't release those funds, uh, so his position compromised. He stood down. Jimmy Gabriel stepped in, and in seven matches, Everton lost six, failed to score in, uh, in six of them. Uh, a new manager was desperately required, Mike Walker, who'd been in charge of uh, Norwich City, who finished third the previous season, and has been a, a very entertaining side, had beaten Bayern Munich in the UEFA Cup earlier that season, was appointed. And I suppose we saw a small, you know, uh, new manager bounce. Everton won three of his first six league league matches, but a slump set in. Everton lost 2-1, 3-0, 1-0, drew 0-0, lost 5-1, 3-0, finally scored a desperately needed 1-0 win at West Ham. But even that wasn't the prelude to an upturn in fortunes. Everton lost to an 87th minute goal at QPR, were held 0-0 at home to Coventry and collapsed 3-0 at Leeds. That meant Everton kicked off the final match of the season against Wimbledon, who finished that season in sixth place, don't forget, in the relegation zone. The teams around them uh, were in action that day. Swindon had long since been relegated. But Oldham, Sheffield United, Ipswich Town, Southampton and Everton all went into their final fixtures, threatened by the drop. Oldham needed a win at Norwich. So a 1-1 draw meant they joined Swindon in being relegated. Everton fans have pinned most of their hopes on runners-up and soon-to-be champions Blackburn doing them a favour by beating Ipswich. They didn't. A goalless draw saved the Tractor Boys' skins. Southampton stayed up with a 3-3 draw at West Ham and in the only other fixture which might have helped save Everton, Sheffield United led Chelsea 2-1 after an hour. It was that kind of nerve-shredding afternoon. Ultimately, Chelsea came back and defeated Sheffield United with a 90th-minute goal from Mark Steen. That's how close things were. But anyway, that's enough background. Let's get into what happened at Goodison Park that afternoon with the men who actually made it happen. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Right, well, I'm sat here on the, uh, the park end with Graeme Stewart and Ian Snowden, two men who had very significant roles to play on... Uh, 
I would argue one of the most important afternoons in Everton Football Club's history. 25 years ago, uh, Everton played Wimbledon. And, well, you all know the story, what happened, but these two men were right at the heart of it. I think it's quite appropriate that we're, uh, we're sat on the park end because that's where an awful lot of the action happened that day. Now, if I can just tell you through the build-up to the game. In the run-up, we'd lost the QPR, drawn 0-0 at home to Coventry and lost 3-0 at Leeds, which meant that our destiny was not in our own hands, even if we'd won the game. But we knew we had to win. So, I mean, do either of you remember what Mike Walker's team talk was like before that game? Did it feel like, you know, something different or did he try and keep it as normal as possible? Just before we start, Dave, we were sat in the park end. The park end weren't even here that It wasn't day. here, was it, no? It was, <laughs> it was just rubble uh-huh. uh, with a few tractors on it and a uh, few workmen as uh-huh. well in the, uh, in the gear as well. So it's, uh, it's quite significant that we sat here doing uh-huh. it from here and it weren't even there. But, uh, yeah, we weren't proud to be in that team, to be quite honest. Uh, it was a fantastic day, fantastic occasion at the end. Yeah. But me and Graham have talked about it loads and loads of times. Yeah, yeah. We weren't proud to be in that team because we could have been in that team that took Everton down. Yeah. And, uh, but the final outcome was probably the most amazing game I've ever been involved in, yeah. I've ever played in, the scenes around Goodison. But Mike Walker's team talk... Um, but just as usual, very plain. <laughs> Didn't really get us up off our seat. What wasn't the most demonstrative of no, individuals? No, he wasn't. Was he? he wasn't the most passionate man in the world <laughs> and uh, boisterous. Yeah. I think it came from within the lads within yeah. the dressing room. How important this game were. When you got Dave Watson, you got Neville Southall. Yeah. Uh, you got Barry Owen in the team. You got characters in there that weren't going to let it happen. And, the lad to my right yeah. uh, as well and uh, we weren't going to let it happen that day and we certainly didn't and it was fantastic hello everybody it's chris beasley and welcome to a very special liverpool echo royal blue podcast i'm speaking to you from uh, well the seats of goodison park and i'm very fortunate to have alongside me the man responsible for what echo readers voted the number one everton moment of the premier league era now that was back in christmas 2016 and I think I'm on pretty safe ground to say I don't believe that there have been any moments from either the short-lived Ronald Koeman or Sam Allardyce eras to um, top that. So his crown remains intact in that respect. So I'm pleased to welcome to you all Mr Barry Horn. Good evening, Barry. Good evening. Um, yeah, um, it, it's great to have you here and thanks for taking the time out to, to recall a day that, although not connected with what embodies Nil Sassis Nisi Optimum, is one of the most pivotal moments in Everton's modern history. Just firstly, in the build-up to the day, what was it like as an Everton player? Was it a sickening feeling going into that game? I mean, I, I, I remember the day very well. <clears throat> I'd be lying if I could say, if I said I could remember everything about the week leading up to it, other yeah. than, of course, there was a need in my, I mean, I'm sure everybody had their own way of dealing with it. Everybody had their own thoughts and feelings, but as far as I was concerned, there was no way you could let doubt creep in that, yeah. that we weren't going to win on the Saturday. Um, I'm a little bit vague as to the, the various permutations that could have occurred, but yeah. I knew that we had to win, <clears throat> and that yeah. was that was sort of ingrained in me from the from the previous weekend really were you know the, the, the penultimate set of fixtures so mm-hmm. as far as I was concerned that's what we had to do and and, and that's what we were going to do um, yeah. and nothing else mattered really I mean you know we've all been in you know I was uh, I was in my 30, early 30s at the time mm-hmm. so I'd been through moments and weeks where, the, where you've sensed the pressure building towards a game <clears throat> whether it be with Wales or 
you know, other other FA Cup weeks or whatever. Of course, yeah. nothing quite matched the uh, the weekend that was that was to come yeah. on that particular occasion. So you just you just take as, as little notice of, of things going on around you as possible, really. Or, or certainly, that's 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 the way that I dealt yeah. with it. In um, in terms of um, the Goodson Park atmosphere, we all know what it's like when the occasion requires. Yeah. Bayern Munich '85 is rightly held up for those who were fortunate to be there as, as well, the, the, yeah, the, the pinnacle. The, the yeah. famous Howard Kendall quote, isn't it? Yeah, about the Gladys Street sucking the ball in, of course. Yeah, yeah. more um, recent times, European nights, um, Fiorentina, Villarreal, stuff like that. Man United, when big uh, don't score, they finished fourth. But it was something. Can you actually recall it was something quite primeval on this occasion? Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, on that note, I have to say how magnificent I think the fans have been this season. Yeah. Um, you know, we're finishing the season strongly, but it hasn't always been that way yet. Yeah. I've been here every home game, and yeah. I can't remember there being even a hint of a, of a nasty atmosphere that, that we've we've experienced mm-hmm. in, in in the recent, in the very recent past. So. Yes, I always say as well that playing here when when the crowd are, 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 are you know are on form is like playing like there's very few grounds yeah. that can match it. Um, it's just a hybrid um, of a night time was uh, was one of my favourite yeah. hybrid full stop was one yeah. of my favourite grounds to play at, and it, there's no coincidence really that you know same architect, same design, stand, same same surroundings. Um, in terms of the the geography of the place, mm-hmm. so yes, that, that that day the crowd were were awesome, and, and I know for a fact because I think I've spoken to every one of the, the sixty five thousand people <laughs> yeah. that, that must have been in here. On despite the, the park end not the park being end there, not yeah, being there, yeah. Um, they were more nervous than, than I was. Yeah. yeah, you know, every single one of them, and, yeah. and they certainly vented their frustration not frustration they got behind the team and they, mm-hmm. they vented their their passion yeah on 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 that day like, like no other really yeah i mean i had a speak to you i'd watched the, the footage back um, and on match of the day it says a welcome fit for champions from everton supporters not knowing whether they've come here to praise or to see their team buried so it was that big start from the, the crowd getting behind you but within no time at all two nil down a couple of cal- calamitous goals really yeah. i mean do you remember much about those two penalty first yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I looked on with as much disbelief as the people in the stands yeah. um, you know uh, the scruffy I think did, did he go own goal that went down as I think yeah. and there's Limpar in his own penalty area which was unheard of um, <laughs> yeah. um, probably you know <laughs> the way he behaved was probably why he never ventured yeah. to his own penalty area but yeah, I, I looked on with as much disbelief as everybody else, but at, at no point did I ever think that we weren't going to get back into it. You know, fortunately, those goals came early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we'd struggled along, or if we'd bounced along at nil-nil and, and they'd got a couple late in the game, then the task would have been that much more difficult. Obviously, that goes yeah. without saying. So, and of course, we got back into it um, before half-time, which, which really was the the big turning point in the game because when we came out for the second half you know the, the crowd were back on it and Wimbledon really we got on top of them yeah. um, and, and you sensed I sensed that we were on top well after that rousing Mike Walker team talk <laughs> we came out and found ourselves 2-0 down and uh, I'm going to take Diamond back he'll claim he won't remember this but 
I lived in Formby at the time, uh, Graham lived around the corner from me, we used to share an occasional beer. And I think about a month before the game, you'd said to me, TC had missed a few penalties in the, uh, in the build-up to the game. And you'd said, I guess he was on penalties, so I went through a few. Unzi, no, it wasn't him. Uh, Anders Limpar, no, it wasn't Why him. Why didn't you give me a mention? And uh, Snods was, I said, got to be Snods, he's so calm in uh, situations. It wasn't Snods, he says, no, it's me. And you actually said, I remember it to this day, he says, I can see what's going to happen, I'm going to need to score a goal to keep us up. And let's paraphrase here. I'll be a little apprehensive at that precise moment <laughs> in time. So, you know, Anders, I remember it now. It was down in that parking uh, penalty area there. Greatest dive you've ever seen over Peter Fia's uh, challenge. The penalty was given. And I remember Wimbledon booted the ball down the street end and Neville picked it up. Mm. Neville started walking down the pitch with it. And everyone started, Neville going to take it? Yeah. And then you strode towards him and took the ball off him. What was going through your head then? Can you remember? Um, I do, because I was thinking exactly what everybody else was thinking. This madman <laughs> is walking up, and he, he, if, if ever there's a goalkeeper crazy enough to take a penalty, uh, it's Nev. Yeah. And I genuinely thought to myself, I'm not having this. There's no way on the planet you can allow your goalkeeper to take you know, a yeah. very, very important penalty on the day. So I knew I was on the penalties. Like I, you know, I, I must admit, Preno, we were in the pub, so I don't remember the <laughs> um, We only had a couple. Yeah. I, bet you bought, I bet you bought Preno, though. Bet as you always, as always, yeah. Well, you wanted my company, Preno, that was yours. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget it. I mean, just just before that, though, just 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 going back to a team talk and what yeah. have you, any manager will always say to you in, a, in, in any game of football, but certainly in an important game of football, you know, the first 20 minutes is vital. Yeah. You know, do do things the correct way. Be strong. You know, don't give them any anything to grab hold of and and get a foothold in the game. We're two 0 down yeah. inside 20 minutes, and I, I, the silence was deafening when their second yeah. goal went in. If you if you get them adrift, it was. I've never, I've never. It was the most surreal. It was. It was weird thing yeah. I've ever yeah. ever in, you know yeah. had on a football pitch. So when Anders then obviously throws himself to the ground under yeah. a scandalous tackle, um, <laughs> which he owed us, by the way, for his After ridiculous handling. handling. I mean, God knows to this day yeah. what he was thinking. But, you know, it, it was what it was. Yeah. And I picked the ball up and then everything just races through your head, doesn't it? I'm, stri- I'm striding up to the spot and I'm thinking, I, I kind of remember thinking to myself, it can't get any worse. Yeah. It, surely it can't get any worse. We're 2-0 down as it is. I think if it had been 2-2 and I've got a score to win the game even more I think nervous, that's even more yeah. nervous that's more pressure whereas this kind of felt a little bit as I, I knew it was important obviously because we needed yeah. to get something back in, a foothold back in the game but you're walking up and as Snodds has mentioned earlier on that this park end wasn't yeah. wasn't like it was like it is now there were fans hanging in the, and in were, the trees and exactly, exactly park, what yeah. I was going to say I put the ball <laughs> on the spot and I'm thinking to myself right I know where I'm going to put this yeah. don't change your mind yeah. all, all, everything all coaches up and down the country have always told you as a little kid Get a decent strike and it. Make sure you hit the target. Don't yeah. change your mind. And I look back and there's kids swinging in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, only Everton. Yeah. And uh, step back, bang. Yeah. Back of the net, and all of a sudden, like, we, we, at least we've got a game. Yeah, a game, the game yeah. a, a, a way back into the game, hopefully. To be fair, I've never told him. I've never told him this. I never seen them kids swinging in the trees because yeah. I was facing Gladys Street. I was going to ask him. <laughs> I you did not yeah. fancy him to <laughs> score. Oh, I didn't. Well, I also asked you on that night. I says, "Oh, Grace, have you taken one before?" Yeah, yeah, I've taken one for Chelsea. What happened? I put it over the bar. I did. I did. It was, I'll never forget it because it was a cup game. It was a penalty, yeah. penalty shootout in the yeah. cup. I can't remember who we played, but I blazed uh-huh. it about six foot over the bar. You learned lessons that night. <laughs> well, you learned, uh-huh. I learned my lesson, didn't uh-huh. I? And I put it back. As long it as right. it weren't me taking uh-huh. it, I didn't care who took it. So, so you just heard the roar, didn't I you? I just heard the roar, yeah. and uh, 
no, to be honest. I, I did have every confidence, but I just couldn't watch. I yeah. just couldn't watch the penalty. Yeah. But as soon as the roll went up, I knew he'd put it in, and uh, we all went celebrating. Then, then I realised, the crowd realised, come on, yeah. we've got a chance, we're back in this. Because I think at 2-0, I think the crowd had given up a little bit, because yeah, yeah. I thought, they think we're going down here. Yeah. And uh, he did, I've got to admit, he did enter my mind, the 2-0 down against the Wimbledon, Wimbledon team that were... We're at it. They finished sixth that year. Yeah, they were at They've it. They've been promised they a trip to Las Vegas by Sam Hamann if they I won the game. So, so yeah, I they were up for so. it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there were there were some characters in that team, and I thought we're up against it here. Yeah. And we just got that lifeline, diamonds penalty just before half time. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It was quite a. a, a I don't know, so entertaining game for you personally, apart from the obvious moments. There was the one you smuggled off the line as well, down yeah. on the park end. And which, ball. Uh, well, I was, I, was, I, was watching it, I was watching it again before. I was getting quite emotional watching the game yeah. again 25 years on. Um, I saw that and I thought there might have been a suspicion of uh, an arm oh. or a shoulder, but def, no. Def, def, definitely <laughs> no arm in his belly these days, would not it? <laughs> <laughs> it might have got years on. <laughs> <laughs> I might have put TC in these days, but it bounced off his belly. But no, that was definitely, definitely not handball. Yeah. But there were crazy moments in the game. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's been talk for years and years how oh, the game was fixed and all that no. malarkey. And I don't believe that for one no. second. I never heard anything, in, no. you know, up to the build-up of the game as to whether, you know, there was you know, a bit of skullduggery flying no. around. And the only skullduggery I heard about was the, the team bus. Yeah, yeah. You know, Wimbledon's team bus maybe got slightly warmed up, shall we say. But, um, you know, that, that was the only bit I heard. And certainly out on the pitch, I don't think Wimbledon through no. the game in any way shape no, or form. No. I mean I remember that incident with the penalty uh, with a you know alleged penalty where yeah. it, hit, it did hit my shoulder genuinely yeah. I, I remember going through in the second half and, and having a little bit of a mazy run and having a shot that was going straight in the top corner Sigurd's and Man Sager's made yeah. a great save so yeah. if you're going to throw one in throw yeah. one of them in exactly yeah. Um, yeah. so it, it was just a mad game honestly I've, I've never never known anything like it in my life yeah. and I'll to this day, I'll, I'll never forget the uh, euphoria of the place when Barry smashed yeah. that one straight in the top. Well, court. I was just going to bring Snods in on that one mm. because, I mean, Barry was probably less noted as a goal scorer than yeah. yourself. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and for him to leather one in from 25 yards, I mean, could you believe you know, what, what no. you actually saw? No, I couldn't. Barry were a tenacious player. We know yeah. he loved a tattle. Yeah. He played it nice and simple, Baz, when he got it. And uh, he, he started heading towards, uh, with the ball yeah. towards their half. and. Yeah. And I, I'm sure I could hear our crowd going past it. Because <laughs> all our players are going past it, Baz, pass it like you normally do. I'm sure the crowd joined in, pass it, Bourne, pass it. And honestly, he let fly from, what, 30 yards yeah, out? Yeah. And he just, Gladys Street and yeah. just went right in the top corner. Wow. Incredible scenes. The, the atmosphere from that, from that minute onwards, what, what you knew yeah. we were going to do it. Because I, I didn't even like really celebrate with, with Barry Owen and the rest of yeah. them I just used to celebrate with the fans over there and I were punching the air and I thought incredible strike come on come yeah. on we can do this yeah. we've spoken about your goal many times and, and you said obviously you, you never actually tired of speaking about that because it's obviously an amazing goal in itself even if it been nothing riding yeah. on the game yeah. you, I mean you weren't prolific you'd scored on your Everton debut yeah. not since two years on but yeah. you felt you were playing well you were striking the ball well at that particular well, moment I mean, confidence is a, is a is a strange thing. It comes and goes um, of its own accord, really. And I'd had I'd had, I'd had a difficult start to my Everton, Everton career, and you know, I, I'm 
one of the things that I'm most proud of really is that I came through that. Yeah. Um, because as good as this as this crowd is, you know, they, they can be very intimidating, mm. especially you know if they don't take to you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really hard to fight your way back, but I did. Um, I was having a good season. I was playing well. I was in good form leading up to the game, and I was having a good game. Yeah. And um, when you're confident, you just do things without thinking. If if that ball had bounced up in front of me. 12 months, 15 months previously, I would have had another torch, I would have had another torch, I probably would have fallen over it or, or passed it sideways. Yeah. But as things stood, it was it sat up, and before I knew it, the ball had left my foot yeah. and, and it, it, it was on its way. You know, I, yeah. as I say, 12, 15 months earlier, there's absolutely no way that I would have even thought about doing it. And that's the thing, I would have thought about doing yeah. it and decided against it yeah. on that occasion. I was in I was in such good form. I was doing things instinctively as as you do when you're confident, yeah. and you know it, it never occurred to me to shoot or not to shoot. It I just did it. Yeah, I mean Graham Sharp talks about his famous goal at Anfield. He says he he probably thinks the last thing you'll see in his his mind before he goes is that ball flying over Grobelar's head. Can you still see the goal in I your can, own mind's eye? I can yeah? see the I can see the ball on its way, and I can see. I think I was distracted because. I, I, the, there's, a, there's a brilliant photograph of the as the ball's on its way, the the, 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 the Gladys Street fans rising, you know, rising to they know they know it's, it's in. that half second before that, it goes in. It's yeah, less yeah. than half a second, yeah. isn't it? You know, and they're on their way up, and the mouths are open, and I think that's what I will. That's yeah. that's the image that I, the, the ball somewhere in that yeah. image, but it will be of the the. the the fans behind the goal really because yeah. a draw wouldn't have been enough no you know, so no, we, needed, we needed that other one we needed that extra goal and that, that was Barry's celebration because again you know, people were jumping on top of him but he mm. put his head down and just like turned back to the halfway line because I think he, again he realised that yeah, you know, that wasn't we, enough we needed, we needed another more. yeah um, we all sensed that but you just couldn't get yeah. over the excitement that Barry had screamed one in sure, from yeah. 30 yards we were back to two all because the game was drifting then it didn't yeah, seem to well, be going anywhere well, at the time I asked the referee um, after about 10 or 15 minutes of the second half says how long how long's left and and I'm thinking we've not really had a chance yeah. we've not really developed down either side yeah. we've not really done anything and I'm, I'm fearing the worst again at yeah. that point mm-hmm. well it got to within I think it was eight minutes eight, from the end yeah. it was uh, it was worryingly close and then um, I think Anders played the ball in, did he? Yeah. Uh, you took possession of it, played the ball into TC, took a dreadful touch, <laughs> but it managed to bounce off his knee back to you. Yeah. And I think that all seemed to, like, I don't know, put people off the... Uh, no, it seemed to know quite what was going to happen next. Because for me, it was almost like you lurched in for a block tackle rather yeah, than taking it, a strike of the, the ball. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was yeah. more of a block tackle come shot more than anything yeah. because I can't remember who it was but somebody was closing me down on yeah. the edge of the box and I just wanted to get there first and, and get something on it but I mean it's a dreadful goal to win a game of football it's, <laughs> it's the worst goal you've ever scored but the best goal you've exactly. ever scored all yeah. rolled into one yeah. so I mean it was but it summed the season up didn't it you know we, we score a, a rickety goal like that that gets us out of a horrible yeah. horrible season and most importantly, obviously, keeps our retains our Premier League status, which to this day we're obviously very proud of. Yeah. But way too close. Yeah, yeah. Something that we can't allow. Well, we always said we, we said, but we did it again a few years later against Coventry, didn't we? But yeah. um, certainly something that I didn't ever want to experience, and I'd hate Evertonians to ever have to go through that again because uh, it was horrible. Uh, have you ever experienced such intensity of emotion? Because I mean, you set off down the uh, Goodison Road touchline there, yeah. finger in the air, and your face looked. 
bright red. It was like, you know, you couldn't believe what was going I on. Th I thought you were down County Road at one stage. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the stewards had let him back in at one bit. Yeah. No, I mean, on people trying to catch you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, it was just, as I say, the, the word I always use is euphoria because yeah. it was. Because the place went absolutely mad. Yeah. And... But oh, oh, then, then the reality kicks in that you, by the way, you know, you're three two up, but yeah. you've got to hang on now for exactly. the next eight minutes. Yeah. And I kind of remember the nervousness. Then the nervousness gets back. You can feel it amongst the crowd, and you know it didn't matter where the ball went. It, I mean, it was never a pretty game against Wimbledon. Yeah. It was always ugly football playing against Wimbledon. Second balls as a midfield player, you probably didn't get too too involved in it because they used to hook everything forward, and it was just a horrible game of football. But it, full of irony. That's what I always remember about yeah. it as well. The, the game, when I look back at it, I was raised in Wimbledon. Yeah. We play against Wimbledon to yeah. save our lives. Yeah. I was brought up as a kid at Chelsea. Yeah. They played Sheffield United and beat Sheffield United, yeah. which helped us. Yeah. I ended up going to Sheffield United, and now now I know why they booed me for three months. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you look at football, and it's full of ironies and, and funny things that crop up, and it's just all weird how it panned out. It's, I, I think the gods were smiling on us. That was the winner, yeah. and then... I mean, at that point, the place, you know, after my goal and for the, for the rest of it, the noise was was incredible. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. And in, in a sense, the Gladys Street did its job again, didn't it? It yeah. sort of, the ball just about made it over the line, I think. Yeah. Know, I think the, 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 the fans sucked it in, as it was, as Howard said, there many years ago. Yeah. And what I was going to ask you about, obviously, for the younger listeners, People might not realise. Obviously, this was a day before we all had the uh, mobile phones. The internet wasn't instant information. You left that pitch, pitch, not knowing whether that was enough. When did you actually find out that was it? You, you'd done it because it, they got the victory required, but it still wasn't in your own hands. I think when we when we when we left the pitch, I think somebody somewhere must have uh, must have had a rage on. Yeah. I can't honestly remember if the other games had finished or I don't know, but I, I don't yeah. remember sitting down and, and waiting, if yeah. the truth be known. Right. Um, and of course, there would have been loads of fans in the ground with, with, with the radios yeah. as, as, we, as they used to do in the day, um, listening to the scores coming elsewhere. So I can only say, when I left the pitch, it was, in my opinion, that, we, that we'd stayed up. Did you know at the final whistle that you were safe? Because, I mean, I was reporting that day, and obviously pre-internet days and everything, and I didn't know. I mean, because I was tracking the, uh, the Ipswich results, uh, Oldham, uh, wherever Norwich were playing that day, and the one we'd lost sight of was Sheffield United against Chelsea mm. because they were 2 0 up and coasting, so we thought, oh, well, that, that's how it's a sight. Until you've just told me that, I just thought we had to win, and we yeah. were. Yeah. mathematically safe. We, we needed another result to go for us Did as we? well. Right, and, so I mean, that, that was the result that went our way. Because Phil McNulty turned to me and just started screaming, you know, so Chelsea have won, we're safe, we're safe. Yeah. And that was when I could actually file a copy then. But it, it was just mental well, scenes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was incredible scenes. So I just yeah. presumed we were safe because we'd won the game. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, when, when Diamond scored eight minutes to go, the people running on the pitch then, but as soon as he blew that whistle, I think I got a throwing. I think I threw it down yeah. the line when, he, when the referee blew his, uh, blew his whistle. And... Uh, and I thought, well, I'm at that end of the pitch. I've got <laughs> to get to tunnel. that tunnel. I'm going to get mobbed here. We're all going to get... And within, like, five seconds, the pitch, everybody was on. They were, yeah. they were dancing. They were kissing the turf. I saw that, yeah. I remember yeah. them all kissing anyway. the turf. Uh, they were grabbing me. They were grabbing all the players, to be quite honest. It, took, it seemed to take an age to get off. But 
he didn't want to get off. Yeah. I didn't want to get off the pitch. I wanted to uh, celebrate because, as we both stipulated there, we weren't proud that we were in that team, yeah. but we were proud that we got the result to keep Everton in in the uh, in the Premier League. What did you do that evening? Did you can you remember how you celebrated, or were you just emotionally drained? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was emotionally drained, and yeah. and again, I'm, I've always been quite realistic about football, and I, I never like to get too carried away with it. Yeah. All that wasn't. It was a cause for celebration, but yeah. not a cause to celebrate, to back, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and think, oh, you know, like when we won the cup or something like that, or yeah, Arsenal yeah. won the league. That's that's yeah. celebration. Sure. This was kind of like you got out of jail and just get your head down and have a be humble about it. Yeah. I got in the car. I drove. I drove back to London. I was going on holiday yeah. on the Monday. <laughs> no, okay. So I, I went. I, yeah. I just got in the car and went home. Well, my story. Snuds always my, puts my, pipe and slippers on. Yeah, don't my, you? my story is <laughs> totally different to that because uh, I never even got in the dressing room. Right. Um, because the players' lounge were right next to the uh, yeah. the dressing room. And a couple of my pals had got tickets, and everybody's um, who, players and mates were in there. And I just yeah. got dragged in yeah. in my boots, my shorts, my shin pads. <laughs> a lot. I had five bottles of Budweiser before I even went. I did. Just when you got to the dressing yeah, room. Yeah, before yeah. I sat, I must have been in there 25, 30 minutes yeah. in the players' lounge in all my kit, drinking Budweiser before I even went in the dressing room. And uh, and then I remember going in the dressing room. Everybody's. Yeah. made up kind of thing and then got in the car went back to uh, Southport and then I think I got home in the early hours of Sunday and yeah. uh, hey, by the way make no mistake about it that was irrelevant <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was that a was regular Saturday afternoon yeah, the yeah. <laughs> 25 years later I'm still doing exactly the same yeah. <laughs> well it is incredible looking back on it now you know so it's 25 years yeah. I mean can you believe that amount of time has flown by uh, you know since that afternoon I mean you're both still here, you're both still mm. working for the club, you know, both still absolute, you know, sort of die-hard Evertonians. I think it underlines how important that afternoon was. Mm. You know, it was massively significant to the football club, wasn't well, it? Well, he keeps reminding everybody that's employed at this football <laughs> club that they won't be in a job if it weren't for him. <laughs> uh, which we giggle about and we laugh about, but uh, you just seem to think, you just sit back and think, where would we have actually yeah. been if we well, had to? You look at Sunderland, yeah, Coventry now. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You look at Leeds United, etc. You look at some of the big sides that have gone. Mm. And they haven't come back, Sheffield Wednesdays, the yeah. Nottingham Forest. They're European yeah. champions yeah. Europe, you know, in the 80s. Nottingham Forest, they haven't been back in the Premier League. So that, that's the alarming thing. Mm. Yeah. When you actually sit like sit back in a cold light of day and think about all these top clubs that have gone and never made it back. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I hated that afternoon, but I've loved revisiting it there and talking about it again. Thank you very much for your time. Let's hope we never have to experience something like that yeah, again. Let's hope, yeah, no, let's hope so. And just finally, obviously, it's, it's a very special moment, but it's certainly not a celebration of re remembering no. um, staying no. up. But then no, no. 12 months later, we were to win that FA Cup. We need very much be proud of that tag that the manager gave them that... The, the dogs of war. Unfortunately, Everton are now going to go to 25 years without a trophy for the first time in the in well, the club's history. You know, I mean, yeah. people here, yeah. you know, who've been coming for getting on for 20 years, yeah. and I, I know dads who have seen European triumphs, they've seen league titles, they've seen FA cups, and they've got grown-up sons who, yeah. who they just want the same for. Yeah. Um, so. I don't think the, the, the cups are any more competitive than they ever than they ever were. You look, you know, there's there's a team in the FA Cup final in a couple of weeks that you know they know better than us. Yeah. And, and over many seasons, there are teams got to the FA Cup final um, who we're better we're, we're better than we yeah. should be better than. 
So I don't see any reason why that trophy shouldn't be just round the corner. I mean, yeah. you know, let's let's be honest. The, the, the league title is is, is is some way off at the moment. You would think, yeah. um, but um, yeah, it would be as much as I'm as much as I'm very proud to be part of the team, the last team to win a, a trophy. To it's a strange pride in the sense that. Yeah. I support Everton Football Club and I, I don't want it to be 25 years since we last won something. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Barry, for taking the time out to speak to us and hopefully the listeners will enjoy those memories too. Thank you. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.